So I guess we probably shouldn't be surprised by this, Kevin Barker, given the fact that this seems to be turning in the the year of Alejandro. But on the day that Danny Jansen gets put in the IL with a broken bone in his hand, Alejandro Kirk starts behind the plate, as per usual, with Alec Manoa, and goes four for five, continuing... Uh, continuing a run of form, Kevin, that has a lot of people talking about him going to the All-Star game. And probably by, I mean, I can't imagine he'd win the fan vote, but perhaps Mm-mm. by a player, or, or I'm sorry, by by coach's vote. But um, there you go. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say this. I shouldn't say I hate to say this, but Kevin, I almost expect the guy to get a hit every time he comes to the plate right now. I sort of do too. I, I just uh, do. He he he. Most of the time, gets a really good pitch to hit. Uh, he thinks up the middle the other way. Now he doesn't always hit the ball the other way. But what that does is that keeps a barrel in the hitting zone a long time. And that's what everybody's yelling and screaming about Alejandro Kirk. The first time we saw him, and you're thinking he looks like the Bat Boy instead of a guy that can go out and give you four hits a night. But look, dude, some of the things he does with his lower half, Jeff. A lot of the times he doesn't get good rotation. Like you can tell his foot. Doesn't even spin on his backside, which is for me an unbelievable feat in itself just because you don't use your hips that way. And for him to be able to hit the ball the way he does, now he didn't, you know, hit the ball super hard tonight. And it's not always how hard you hit it, it's where you hit it. But again, it gets back to that. He's getting a good pitch to hit. The barrel is in the hitting's on a long time. The bat to ball skills, everything that it takes to be a high average guy and can do some damage to the pull side if he can, you know, get it out front a little bit and create some backspin. Man, listen. Is he an all-star? Look, he's with Alec Manoa, he's an all-star for the Blue Jays. I mean, I will say that, and it would be very hard to keep him out of the lineup, even even if he's not behind the plate. And that'll be the interesting thing, Jeff, is how they're going to use him behind the plate. Obviously, they mm-hmm. want him in the lineup. They're going to DH him a bunch when, you know, they don't have to give uh, George Springer or one of the everyday guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a DH day. It'd be interesting to see how much they, they believe in Collins enough. Maybe he could catch – three or four times a week and maybe give Alejandro Kirk the more of the DH role than, than behind the plate. But however they use him, they're going to have to use him because he's raking. Well, and and this is the thing, Kevin. Uh, he has been raking, I, I would suggest, and I think we're on pretty safe ground in saying this, that there is, there is a cor- correlation between Danny Jansen coming back up and assuming more of the load behind the plate and Alejandro Kirk hitting. I mean, there, there just is. Now Danny Jansen's gone. You're right. Zach Collins has been called up. Yes, Gabrielle Moreno is still rattling around in Buffalo. And, I, you know, I've said all along that I, I think you leave him down there and you let him do what he's got to do with AAA. And just sort of fundamentally, Kevin, I don't know if I like the idea of three catchers to begin with. Mm-mm. But, man, I, I don't know if I can – I don't know if I want to see Zach Collins bat in the lineup, you know, three or four times a week or five times a week to 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 get to get out, you know, to keep Alejandro Kirk's bat in the lineup. Yeah, for I me, just, it's, I just don't it's, know if I want it. 
if if you get all the big boys hitting the way they're starting to hit now, Teoscar starting to you know turn around and form and, and starting to drive the ball the other way and doing it with length and length and getting to his finish. That's the big thing with Teoscar. He tells you a lot by his finish. If he can get to it, hold it there, you know, sort of take your pictures. What I always used to say when I tried to play, he's starting to do that a little bit. You know, Vladdy is up and down, but Vladdy's going to do Vladdy things most of the time, and then everybody else is sort of falling in place. You know, Santiago Espinal went from what he was in spring training fighting for a job, and now you can't keep him out of the lineup, which that might be the best story of the year is Santiago Espinal. If everybody else is doing their thing, does it really matter what Zach Collins is doing offensively? It's not so much about him hitting. It's more about him giving the, the you know, another guy a day off so you can put him in the lineup. That That's basically why he's there. And no team has nine guys who break – like, they just don't have that. So, you know, Zach Collins is a, is a threat to go deep. It's not a threat to drive in runs or, or, you know, hit 300. He's a guy that can maybe ambush, get it out front, do it to the pull side, maybe get a hanging breaking ball, getting some decent counts to try and pull the ball, maybe try and hit a homer because that's his game. But it's for me, it's just trying to give Alejandro Kirk more time offensively to give him a break defensively. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590-590 is the text line. It is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. We'll take you right up to midnight. The Blue Jays 7 nothing, beating the Kansas City Royals. They have outscored the Royals 15 nothing so far in this series. Uh, the Royals are not, uh, you know, Captain Obvious here. The Royals are not a very, uh, they're just not a very good team. I mean, that's a, there's no other they're way. They're a to, tough watch. They they are indeed a tough yeah. watch. They, they they truly are. Obviously, we've got to talk about Alec Manoa tonight, Kevin. Six innings, six hits, three walks. That's the second time in three starts he's walked as many batters. Uh, three walks, four strikeouts, 90 pitches, 56 Ks. Just two swings and misses, though. And 14 of 20, 14 of 25 uh, strike ones. Now, look, uh, you know, I mean, it happens. Madison Bumgarner threw 94 pitches today and got one swing and miss. So mm-hmm. it happens. But, Kevin, you look, I, I know there are people that are going to be looking at Alec Manoa's numbers and go, that was pretty good. Uh, you know, the Jays won the game. But that was far from Alec Manoa at his very best, wasn't it? Yeah, for me, this might have been his worst start. Now, now, again, it gets back to those numbers, and, and whenever he goes to the mound, even if he doesn't have his stuff, he can give you starts like this. For me, this was all about the team he was facing. He he did not have any spin whatsoever on the slider. You know, he has been very good about making in-game adjustments. He does something. You can actually see him on the mound thinking it out, figuring it out. You know, if he needs to have more extension and not have the alligator arm where he's pulling glove side towards the first base bag, he knows how to fix that. Just tonight, for whatever reason, didn't look like he was doing that. And you can see he was choking off the slider. Those were non-competitive. He didn't have a, a change-up against lefties. Those were mainly non-competitive. Uh, you know, he would be a little late with his arm. It was playing catch-up. That's why you would see the two-seamer up and away to lefties, up and in to righties. The fastball command wasn't really there. But, again, this gets back to Alec Manoa. You know, it's even if he doesn't have his good stuff, right, he faced 25 batters. He only threw 14 strike once. It is sort of what we're used to seeing here. Even if he doesn't have it, he'll still give his team a chance to win because he figures out something 
some way to get him out. You know, he made a big pitch. You, you, you see there, Jeff, it, it, the second inning, he was in trouble. You know, it took really bad base running, and I'm going to say this again. The base running at the big league level is atrocious. Like, uh, Carlos Santana, a little jam shot to the shortstop's running like a little leaker put your head down and keep running until somebody tags you out you know it's like that alejandro kirk two thing that the line drives right in front of you instead of freezing you take off running base running again is just you know it's 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 embarrassing to be quite frank about it but back to alec manoa yeah again it's when he had to make one pitch he made it and that's sort of you know that that's what separates the good pitchers from the great ones is those guys that even though they don't have their best stuff, they're not spinning it, they're not locating the hater, you know, they're facing a team that they should probably always dominate. Uh, you know, when you're having a little step back and you don't have your best night and you need that one pitch, he he had he you know he he got the one pitch and he, and he gave him a chance to win and that's all you can ask from him. The other thing that was also really noticeable tonight, Kevin, is that 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 two seamer that front hip two seamer to left-handed batters that he mm-hmm. talked about wanting to wanting to develop and he need he needs needed and needs something to uh to control left-handed batters what did you make of that pitch tonight he certainly got a couple of strikeouts on it um carlos santana probably still trying to figure out uh where that the that called third strike was it was a strike but santana looked like he had no clue and and maybe that's a reflection of Junior Valentine's strike zone more than anything else. I will say this: it was consistent. It was just it was a little tighter, I think, than mm-hmm. uh, than than we're used to seeing. But what did you make of that pitch, and how important is that going to be for him going forward? When he's and and here's my question, Kevin: Is it? Do you think it's going to be good enough that he is going to be able to use it against good left-handed hitters? Because if he misses that pitch, that's going to be right in the barrel zone. He's not going to abuse it. You, you can see that he he's, he picks his spots and when he wants to use it, you know, even against a really good left-handed hitter. We've seen it in his last start. We've seen it in this start. Now, obviously, in this start, he wasn't facing a ton of, of, of good left-handed hitters. You mentioned Santana. He looked like – an older hitter. What do you do against an older hitter, Jeff? You throw him a bunch of haters, and you elevate it. That's exactly what they did to him. That's why he's been struggling all years, because he's not hitting a hater. But, look, this is what you have to do when the word's out that you have a, a really good slider. You can spin it. You can you can move the thumb around. You can have it look 12-6. You know, on, on the clock, you can make it look like that, where it's dropping up and down instead of that side-to-side side that normally the slider looks. You have to make some adjustments. The leagues will adjust to you. You're in the American League East, these short ballparks, really good lineups. You know, they're, they're stacking a bunch of lefties. At, that That's the sort of the game plan against them. Even if the lefties are not in the gun, good, you're stacking lefties against him just to make him have to use both sides of the plate and maybe not always abuse his slider the way he wants to. When he's spinning it, he likes it. He's going to throw it a ton. But now because he has to come back sinker, he can throw that. He can freeze you with it because of where he starts it. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it, it always doesn't have to be 95 miles an hour. That He relies more on movement there than he does velocity. You can tell it's 92, 93 instead of his 94, 95. That's his elevated four-seamer. 
but he's going to have to use it. If you want to get three times through in the American League East in an order with a bunch of lefties in that lineup, you're going to have to do something different. And this, again, this gets back to a guy that's a little bit more advanced when it comes to I see what I need to do. Now I go between starts. I go out there with Pete Walker, and I figure out a pitch. And now, look, Scott, we, we you know, wondering what the, what the limit is for this guy. How good could this guy be? Well, maybe we haven't seen it yet because now he still can use another toy, and that's the changeup. The changeup the last two starts has been non-existent. If he starts getting that – Good luck if you're hitting against that. Yeah, that really is kind of the next. I think the next step in the the yep. uh, the evolution of um, of Alec Manoa. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Matt Chapman a big two run double tonight. Um, Santiago Espinal another big hit. Kevin the five. Uh, Five, six, and seven hole hitters in this lineup really carrying the load tonight. Bo Bichette walking three times. He was on base five times. Uh, Vladdy hit into a couple of double plays with him on base. Teoscar hit into a double play as well with him on base. It was really Kirk Espinal and Chapman that carried the freight tonight. Chapman, for me, again, whenever he gets a good pitch to hit and and he can let the ball travel a little bit and have the mindset of going the other way, that's sort of what a guy needs when he doesn't have a trigger. He stands stationary, and that's why you see a lot of pitchers, they make him stand there. He gets very stationary. There's not a lot of movement with his hands. There's no movement back. Uh, whenever he can let the ball travel a little bit and think right center, he's a, he's a pretty decent hitter and can get big hits for this team. Let's go to the phone lines, 416-870-0590, star 591-888-666-590. Brendan in Winnipeg. You want to talk about Kirk, Espinal, and Manoa. Where would the Blue Jays be without these three guys turning in the years they've turned in? That's kind of what what I'm wondering, right? I mean, like, you, Kevin, you kind of talk about the, the need for the team to have surprises, and, like... Mm-hmm. Alec Manoa, nobody's going to call him a, a surprise this year after the year he had last year. But, I mean, nobody expected him to be the number one pitcher on the staff, which is what he's turned into. And then nobody expected Santiago Espinal to be the starting second baseman and probably an all-star mm-hmm. at that. And nobody expected Alejandro Kirk to be just raking right now. So, like, with a 500 on base in his last two weeks, like – that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and you, the the years that they have been putting in have really been carrying the team over, I mean, like what you've been seeing, Vladdy's been struggling clearly today, three double plays. I mean, like just munchers that they were hitting into. And, you know, you need some extra production down in the lineup, and that's what they've been giving them. Yeah, Brennan, uh, thanks for the call. Listen, uh, Santiago Espinal and Alejandro Kirk in particular, they've been, uh, well, Espinal, to be certain, Kirk as well lately, have just been so, they've been so steady for this team, Kevin, and they've contributed so much offensively. And, you know, now that you're seeing Chapman get some hits and you saw what Tapia did tonight, all of a sudden now, if Vladdy and Teoscar can get going, Kevin, you're looking at a really, a really long, a longer lineup, I should say, with 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 the exception of Bradley Zimmer is, and and we know why Bradley Zimmer's in this team. It's because he can catch 
he can do what he did tonight. Uh, he, he can cover ground in center field. He's not going to give me much offensively. But, man, if, if, if Vladdy and Teo can get going, that, that's, that's a lineup with a lot of length. And Absolutely. It really is. I, absolutely. I, I can remember when I was a player and I became a starter my first full season in the big leagues with the Brewers, I, I wasn't worried about playing time anymore. I, I was just worried about going out, see ball, hit ball, catch the balls I was supposed to catch, you know, play good defense. And that's what you're seeing a little bit from Kirk and, and Espinal, I do believe, is they just are not worried anymore about losing their job. Now it's about going out yep. and performing and, and thinking about how many hits they can get to help their team and always playing good defense and, that might be the big surprise for me is Alejandro Kirk's defense. I, I, I sort of knew the bat-to-ball skills, and, you know, if he doesn't have to carry a team or think he has to carry a team, he'll do sort of what he's doing now. Maybe not hitting 325. That's, that's you know, a little lofty. But I did think he could hit somewhere around 300, 290, 300, somewhere in that range just because of everything we'd heard and what we'd seen in the past. But his defense for me is a big surprise. Tonight he stole a, a strike three pitch from Alec Manoa, which that's sort of his strength is get low, get on one knee and, and trick an umpire. He's been really good. He's been really good at that. But again, this I've, I've said this and I'll continue to say it. Every playoff team for me anyway, that you look back in the past has to have a surprise. And, and maybe these guys that you just didn't really expect them to, to help as much as they're helping. That's the surprises. And, and maybe they can help them go where they want to go at the end of the season. Yeah, you're right. You're right about Alejandro Kirk. Too many people in the organization and, and, and other people who'd seen him play, too many people were telling us that he, he could hit and talked about his bat-the-ball skills for, for them to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question, and, and you really don't get to see this until you see the guy catch, is what would he be like behind the plate defensively? And I think you take a look at, his, you, you take a look at the guy and you wonder, okay, is he going to be slow? Is he going to be sloppy behind the plate? He hasn't been any of that. Uh, he, he really hasn't. The pitcher's clearly like working with him. And I, I've got to think, I've got to think for Alejandro Kirk, you know, if, if a guy who wins the AL Cy Young award is okay with you catching him every <laughs> fifth day, I, that would give me an awful lot of, an awful lot of confidence. I don't know about you, but that would give me an awful lot of confidence. Sure. It's not going to, it's not going to hurt. Uh, again, he, he looks like he's a good receiver. He sets up early. Uh, he has a wide base, which is a big deal. He feels comfortable going to that one knee, which is a big deal. The one thing, uh, the one knee thing obviously is for that low strike. You're trying to steal that pitch and make that umpire think that ball's a little higher than it actually is. So that's a big deal. He's, he's looks like he's mastering that, which is important. The game calling, you don't see a ton of shaking off with him. Even with Alec Manoa, mm-hmm. the, you just don't see, because Alec's not one of those guys that uses a pitch comp, you don't see that. And that's a big deal. Keep the flow, keep the pace of the game. And, man, how can you argue the way he's doing? Robin Porthope wants to give Charlie Montoya some love. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, you know what, guys, first of all, it's, it was a fun game to watch, and it's great to see the guys uh, bringing it together in every aspect of the game. It's what we all thought we might see with this team, so it's great to have them go on the road here and do that against a weaker team. But I, I've been hearing from my son and some of his friends that Charlie's been taking his lumps on social media and even some threats to his family, and I just want to tell him on behalf of same Jays fans, which are the vast majority of Canadian Jays fans, or Jays fans all over the world for that matter. You know, we wanted to feel safe and comfortable here in Toronto and know that, you know, he's loved and appreciated by the fans and uh, he should never feel uncomfortable. And I just can't believe lowlifes would make those kinds of comments on social media. So just a shout out to Charlie. And I, by the way, I think he's doing a great job. 
Um, and secondly, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, is it time to let Zimmer go down? I don't know if they have to take him off the 40-man release uh, and release him or DFA him, but is it time to bring up Luke's and reward him for going down to be a good soldier in Buffalo and hitting 300 and playing decent defense from what I hear? He's a left-handed bat. Um, those 200 extra batting points, even if it only translates to an extra 100 or 150 batting points at the major league level, can make a big impact as the season moves forward. So just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call. A couple of things. Um, you know, I'm uh, – I mean, I I guess people have this idea that Nathan Lucas is, is some sort of prospect. He's a guy who's 27 years old. I'm not taking anything away from him, but he's not like he's four or five years younger than Bradley Zimmer. Um, yeah, his numbers are much better. For some reason, this organization prefers Bradley Zimmer. I've got to think that he's better defensively than Nathan Lucas is, despite whatever we're hearing from Buffalo or what people are saying. Um, and, and I got to think that's the reason he's up here because uh, George Springer's going to need some time off. George Springer's going to need to DH, and you need somebody who is a major league caliber defensive center fielder. And I think it's pretty clear that the Jays would rather have Bradley Zimmer out there than Rymel Tapia. Look, Bradley Zimmer's not going to be here, I don't think, for much longer. I, I really don't. But right now, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. And uh, you're right, Nathan Lucas is hitting at AAA. I'm sure the Jays are aware that he's hitting at AAA. I'm sure they've got all sorts of data on him. But again, I get back to this with Bradley Zimmer. I want... I do not want to take away defense in order to get a guy who's hitting 300 at AAA up here right now. I, I, I just don't. I, that's, that's my thought process. Well, they're, well, well, let's be honest. They're carrying but I'm not going to go to war over it. You know, if they let Bradley Zimmer go, they let Bradley Zimmer go. I mean, sure, it's not like sure, it's a hill sure, I'm going to die on. They're, they're carrying a fifth outfielder to give to George Springer days off to, to try and keep him on the field for September and October. That's the whole point. And you need a guy that you don't really care what his stats look like. Like like Nathan Lucas, exactly. do you actually care that he comes up here and plays? Because if you look at Zimmer, Zimmer rarely plays two two times a week. Like that that's basically what he's giving you. The only reason he's playing is because either George Springer's playing right and you sort of want to keep him, you know, not so diving and running all over the place, or he's DHing. And and you know, Zimmer is really right now the way he's playing is as much as he's playing, it really has no chance. If you look at his approach to play and I say this to you all it's the awful. time, every once in a while no, you gotta you gotta look absolutely it does, but you gotta look the part and he just sorta of, he you can tell he, he's not in the game. For his offense, he's in the game to give George Springer a day off or a half a day off. That's the whole point in this. And I just look. This is I'm with you. It's probably it's not going to last much longer because they're going to need a little something if they're going to carry five outfielders. But right now it is what it is. And and keeping George Springer healthy is the most important thing out of all of this. So maybe we should worry about that. Yeah, and as far as Charlie goes, uh, you know, look, social media. Um, I I don't monitor the. Uh, the accounts i don't pay attention to the grief charlie's getting in social media i don't pay attention to the grief i get in social media so i'm sure as hell not going to pay attention to the grief charlie gets in social media i'm, I'm just going to say this obviously you know attacks on a person's family are off base but i'm also going to say this you're managing a major league team the hell do you care what a bunch of anonymous people say about you like, like seriously and yeah again you should never get personal i get all that but turn it off, man. I, 
You know, there's, there's, it's, it's not like it's not like you are required to be on social media. It's not like it's 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 part of the contract. And um, you know, generally, I found that the less time you spend in social media, Kevin, the happier your life is. That's just, I think I'm on pretty solid ground saying that. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Back with the finishing touches of Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. Now the Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or the money line across many different sports. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. Kevin Barker, the New York Yankees. Stop me if you've heard this before. The New York Yankees won again. They're 40-15. and 15. Toronto Blue Jays 33 and 22, seven games back in second base in second place. Tampa Bay 32 and 23, they're eight back. Boston's won five in a row. Fat lot of good it's done them. They're 28 and 27. They're 12 back. <laughs> and Baltimore is uh, 24 and 33. They are 17 back. Uh, the Jays are five up in the wild card. The Rays are four up in the wild card. Thank God for expanded playoffs. Is what I would say. Because uh, yeah, the Yankees are—I mean, the, yeah, the the Yankees are just yeah—they're they're a juggernaut. So but what the, what the Angels stinking ha- has done has got the Red Sox right back in the mix. Yes, it has. It has the Angels. That you know, the the if you look at the standings, the fact that the Angels and Mariners and White Sox have kind of have have not done what we thought they were going. I mean, I didn't. I don't know how all in I was in the Angels, but the fact that those three teams haven't done what we thought they would uh, is really has really helped it's really helped the Boston Red Sox it's helped the Rays and the, and the Blue Jays to a certain degree as well but it's really really helped the Red Sox and it's kind of it's kind of breathed new life uh, even though it's only June 7th it's breathed it's breathed new life into their uh, postseason aspirations couple of uh, newsy items today we already dealt with Danny Jansen going on the IL as a fractured fifth metacarpal mm-hmm. He was hit by a pitch Monday night, stayed in the game, and at the time, or at least after the game, the uh, Jays, uh, the Jays said it wasn't anything serious. It was interesting hearing Dan Dan Schulman on the telecast talk about a conversation he had to, he had with Danny. Danny had a similar injury in, in 2015 when he was in the minors, and he actually has on his phone he actually had the imaging from that that injury, the MRI from that injury. It showed, uh, and he told Dan that he had a plate and screw right where the injury is, had it put in in 2015, and that may, in fact, have saved him from uh, further damage. But, man, look, we've talked about Danny Jansen. you got to feel so sorry for him. Uh, Another injury after the oblique, and he's putting together a really good year. And uh, now the the pressure, pressure builds on Alejandro Kirk. And uh, finally, Hyunjin Ryu on Thursday will get an assessment of his elbow by Dr. Neil L. Atrash. He is the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers team physician. I'm sure he's more than well acquainted with Hyunjin Ryu, so we should get uh, we should get some idea as to Hyunjin Ryu's status. Although Kevin, I would think to say I, I think I'm. I don't get the sense there's anybody around the Blue Jays organization who thinks Hyunjin Ryu is going to be back anytime soon. I just don't. I wouldn't think so. Anytime you hear a player going 
outside the organization to get somebody else to look at your arm because they've seen they've seen the sort of the same old story before is never a yeah. good thing I, and again i'm not a doctor i'm just going by what i hear but man that doesn't sound good and uh, you know again this, this he's depth blue jays need depth if they're going to win this thing and go where they want to go they're going to need extra arms and it's just too bad that again he's he's getting a little older and and you know it's getting a little tougher for him to pronate that change up and and make it through an entire season. But hopefully he can come back and, and maybe help them down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think when that contract was signed, I think a lot of us looked at it and thought, you know, that, that final year of that deal may turn out to be something of a sunk cost, which, I mean, that's the danger of doing business with an older pitcher, right? You sign him to a four-year contract, cross your fingers and hope that you get three real good years out of him. If you do that, you're probably ahead of the game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it certainly... It certainly removes depth from the Blue Jays' equation. Although I would, uh, you know, I would suggest that that the emergence of Yusei Kikuchi and 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 what we've seen from Alec Manoa and Kevin Gossman and 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 Jose Barrios and and Ross Stripling in a few cameo appearances still leaves me feeling pretty good about about the starting rotation. To my way of thinking, Hyunjin Ryu, Kevin, there was such a big gap between him and and, and the fourth starter that it's. I'm just, I'm just not certain it's going to make all, that much difference. All this does for me is make the lineup have to go out and perform at yep. the highest level. If they do that, all these other things will take care of itself. 7 nothing. the Blue Jays beating the Kansas City Royals. They'll go for the sweep tomorrow afternoon. First pitch flies just after 2 o'clock on Sportsnet 590. The fan and on Sportsnet, Yusei Kikuchi on the mound against Brady Singer. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feature wild side, baseball fans.